RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Hey, anybody out there have the next hour free? No, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I think probably you do. You're probably free for the next hour. And if you do, it's 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on a Monday night. Keeping a respectful distance. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Rekha Sharma. And I want to thank all of you for joining us tonight. We do hope that you are doing very, very well and that you're very safe and very healthy. And we are here for you to do the thing that we do, entertain hopefully discuss definitely chat yes chat 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 we are your star trek pals and we are here for you as we go headlong into the final episodes of picard tonight episode nine just more one more week to go sad face but but kind of i mean one more week it's sad but 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 so cool i mean we're gonna wrap this story up and that's uh, i'm anxious to get to that hey i I don't know if you saw that star trek.com posted an exclusive clip of next week um i did not watch it i i want to be completely and utterly spoiler free Uh, yeah i'm not gonna watch it either yeah don't even want to see a clip i just want to enjoy it when we get to watch it in a couple of days so yeah like Rekha just said, one more episode to go. So let's hear your comments, your questions. Click on the Zoom meeting link or use the one tap from your smartphone. You can also call us by dialing 669-900-6833 and entering the meeting code that you see on screen or in the notes. There are 218 Romulans on the way to wipe out the sins. Was 217 too few was 219 too many give us a call and let us know what's going on because we don't know so click the zoom link or use the one tap or call 669-900-6833 you do that and then you'll talk to earl and then you'll talk to us which is super cool about picard about current events and you know please let us know how you're doing because we want to know yeah and uh, I was very pleased that, you know, we started the live stream a little early tonight just to make sure there weren't any tech glitches there. And so happy to see that a lot of people are ready to join us on Facebook. And they're, they're just chatting up a storm. And I know we're going to hear from some of them tonight over the phone. There's Peter says, uh, greetings, John Reka and fellow mission loggers. There's Josh. Uh, there is Julian. Uh, he says, oh, hey, Julian says, greetings from Canada. I hope everybody is healthy and physical dis- physically distancing. Uh, we can still be social, especially easy here at Mission Log Live. Very good. Hey, Julian and Reka, uh, just for you guys, uh, I wanted to point out that uh, you're having a little tea. I'm having a little tea. I also brought snacks. I've got my bag of uh, ketchup chips that I brought all the way back from Vancouver. President's Choice? Is that what they're from? Yes. Yes. So uh, shout out to my Canadian friends. Going to get down on those in a little bit. Um, We've got uh, David. We've got Paul. We've got uh, Adam. We've got Mauricio. um, We've got, gosh, uh, so many people here. We got Thomas. We got Carlos. So many people saying hello. I'm so glad to see all of you. I've been looking forward to this all day to be able to to, uh, to chat, hang out a bit, and talk about Picard. Uh, before we get into the show, as we do every week, where we're going to have a poll question, uh, but we also have our sort of updates, our, our business, what's going on. 
Um, here's one little bit of business. Uh, there are considerably fewer tiny starships behind me than usual. I'm a little sad about that, a little upset about that. Um, we'll see. I can't go into the office. So uh, we'll see. Now, apparently, and I don't know if you heard this, Reka, uh, podcasters are essential jobs, at least in L.A. So, so. I, I could theoretically go to the office, and guess what? I'd be the only one there. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I'll be right there. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe that will happen or not. Uh, but for now, I'm at home uh, in my purposely stripped down bare home office. That might change. Depends on how long I'll have to do this. Um, a lot of stuff is postponed. Uh, of course, we mentioned WonderCon and the uh, Nichelle Nichols uh, farewell tour. So everybody just uh, stay tuned. The Nichelle convention, they're saying now reschedule July uh, 3rd, 4th, 5th in Burbank. So uh, keep an eye on that. See if that stays. Um, also, I mentioned last week that I was volunteering at the Hollywood Food Coalition. They still need your help. Um, and I know that a lot of you in uh, our live viewing audience, maybe in our listening audience, are not in Southern California. Uh, if you are, they are an essential service and still helping those in need. If you are not nearby, I do want to recommend that you follow David Livingston. We've mentioned David Livingston, uh, director, producer, since the beginning of TNG and uh, longtime director on the follow-up series after TNG. Go to Instagram, follow him at still underscore lives underscore project. Uh, he has been documenting the homeless population in Los Angeles. He, along with John Billingsley and other Trek names that you know, have been big supporters of the Food Coalition. Um, give him a follow. Let's help spread the word. Like I said, if you are here, maybe you can come volunteer. Oh, yeah, Reka, talk to us and you can show. Yeah. Wait, the camera's not going to switch to unless you talk. Talk. Oh, damn. I just hit the follow button very dramatically and you missed it. I, I, uh, I still don't know how this whole screen thing works on Zoom. But anyway, there it is. Still lives. That's what it looks like. And I just Excellent. followed. And now David's got a new follower and, and all of you, please follow. Thank you for doing that live, right? And that was unscripted, unrehearsed. Right? So way to go. Um, also not on camera. <laughs> Well, we got the we got the aftermath. We got we confirmed that you followed, so that's good. Um, on the live show, we've mentioned we'll have our two wrap ups after Picard uh, wraps its season up. Uh, there will be a little bit of a break, a little bit of a hiatus, and uh, we'll just keep everybody up to date when we come back. But only be like a week or two, and then uh, before you know it, we'll be into disco. So lots to come. Um, if you are not following Larry Nemechek and our good friend, Dr. Ali Matu, please do so. Uh, because so many canceled conventions uh, were, that, that were imminent, they have taken upon themselves to do some virtual hangout, some virtual convention content. So follow on Twitter at Larry Nemechek and at Ali Matu, A-L-I-M-A-T-T-U. And finally, speaking of virtual meetups this week, Wednesday, March 25th at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, come to an open door at Portal 47. That is uh, Larry's sort of premium channel there, but you can go to LarryNemechek.com and enjoy the free hangout at Portal 47 on Wednesday night. He will have TNG's art provider, 
Elaine Sokoloff. And uh, he told me a little bit about what she did and what she contributed to the show. It, you got to have somebody on the production staff to find art, <laughs> get art onto the set. So she did. This will be a fun chat. So again, Wednesday, the 25th, seven o'clock um, with visuals. So you must make everybody make sure everybody has their webcam running, too. Um, but you can pre-submit questions if you like and enjoy the chat room. So LarryNemichek.com, and that will be this Wednesday. So check him out. And uh, Reka, almost to the recap, but we need to recap our poll question from last week and our poll question from this week. If you would kindly tell folks about our poll from last week. Absolutely. Last week, we said, what is Narek doing in his ship while everyone is sitting around talking? Well, Either he was listening to Mission Log reruns or playing Angry Birds of Prey. I gotta say, you're a humorous bunch because by just a little bit, by just a little bit, 49% listening to Mission Log reruns, uh, but 51 playing Angry Birds of Prey because it's funny. <laughs> It is funny. It is. I mean, I, I would hope that we would have been 51%, you know, but, but it's okay. It's okay. It, it, yeah. Because as we discussed last week, he is like an angry bird of praise. So. Yes, he is very much so. Um, this week we asked you in episode nine of Picard, what were you most disappointed that you didn't see um, angry reptiloids or homicidal fungi? By the way, do, I, I said fungi. Do you say fungi? I think I say, I say fungi whenever I can. Of course, right? I mean, I like so, fungi. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when we asked you that, what were you most disappointed that you didn't see? Angry reptiloid, sixty-two percent. I was picturing a gorn anyway. So homicidal fungi. 38%. My vote actually went to that 38%. I wanted to see some homicidal fungi, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait. Maybe that'll show up in a novel or a comic book one day. Hey, Reka, I'll do the recap of uh, Et in Arcadio Ego, if you don't mind, and then we'll talk Picard with our guests. All right? You know what? Let's switch it up. Let's do that. Okay. I'll yeah. do that, and I'll see you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> The recap, traversing the transwarp conduit, La Sirena and crew arrive at Capellius, Soji's homeworld, to be followed shortly by Narek and his little fighter. So there's a fight. Also following is a big old Borg cube emerging from the conduit. And before the fighting can get worse, uh, uh, huge, this huge, I mean huge orchids from Capellius arrive in space, open up, and bring those ships right down to the surface. No power, no weapons, no phones, no lights, no motor cars, not a single luxury. Picard was knocked a little goofy when the orchids crashed La Serena. A tricorder used by Dr. Girardi reveals to her that he has an incurable neural condition, which leads Picard to announce his diagnosis to the whole crew. He doesn't have symptoms, but this will kill him, and nobody, but nobody should talk to him like he's a dying man. Off to see Soji's homestead, but first to stop by that giant crashed Borg cube. Seven is there, and Elnor, and what's left of the XBs. They get scanners up long enough to show that 218 Romulan warbirds are on their way, maybe a day or two before they get there. 
still a lot of work to be done on that cube. So Seven and Elnor will stay behind while Picard and the others go to where Soji was made. It's beautiful, super cool and modern in a bucolic setting like the Getty Museum, but with androids, so many androids, true to form, they come in pairs. Soji's memory is starting to come back. There's her friend Arcana, and there's the guy who runs the place, Dr. Alton Soong, who looks a lot like Data and Data's creator, Dr. Noonien Soong. That was his dad. Soji tells her story, gets the others caught up, and there's a Soji-like synth, Sutra, who is Jana's twin. She's starting to put the pieces together faster than the others and initiates a mind meld with Dr. Gerardi to see the admonition that keeps driving the Romulans mad. Turns out that warning in the admonition wasn't meant for organic life. It was meant for synthetic minds. Scary images, scary images. Then a revelation. The message is from an alliance of synthetics somewhere way out there who are watching, waiting to protect synthetic life when the inevitable happens, when it evolves to the point of being seen as a threat by organics. When the organics try to wipe out the synthetics, these guys will show up and make sure it doesn't happen. In Alton's lab, he's got a project going, a golem, a body into which he can probably transfer a mind. Knowing what Agnes did to, to Bruce, he asked her if she might be interested in helping him to save a life rather than take one. Also about this time, Soji and Sutra are in some disagreement about what to do with the imminent Romulan attack, fight, or run. Soji is in the run camp. That means Rafi and Rios need to get back to La Sirena to see if they can get her flying. With some downtime, oh, hey, look who it is. The sense found this jerk wandering in the desert. It's Narek. And now he's in a holding cell precisely where he can play mind games with Arcana's sister Saga, who is watching after him. Fortunately, Soji drops by to put a lid on him. Picard, meanwhile, tries to hail someone at Starfleet to let them know what's going on, to no avail. Soji drops in to check on him, obtusely expressing that she wonders about killing in the name of their greater good. I mean, she did just see Narek, and he's still got that perfectly tousled hair, but he's just so evil. While they talk, Sutra relieves Saga and what? Kind of halfway seduces and then releases Narek. There's a scream. Saga is dead. And Narek runs off toward the Borg cube. Seizing this moment, Sutra speaks about what's coming. The threat of attack from the Romulans, but she's got her idea. The admonition gave her info, plans on how to build a subspace beacon to alert the other more powerful synthetics to come to the rescue to excise them from the threat of all organics. Picard's like, uh, excuse me, did you say all organics? Yeah, JL, she did. Then you better believe he goes full Picard. Speech promises he'll fight for them, be their advocate. It'll be awesome. Nope. Dr. Soong knows what happened between Picard and Starfleet after the attack on Mars. Soji takes it a step further. This organic is now under house arrest. Dr. Gerardi, too, 
Not only Agnes begs to stay free, she's like their mother. Plus, she needs to help Dr. Sung. Would a mother die to protect her children, Sutra asks? Yes, yes, she would. And here come the Romulans. The end. Stay tuned for part two. Very nice. Well, there you go. I mean, that's uh, that, that. That's what happened. <laughs> it is. So, yeah, it was uh, uh, et in Arcadia ego part one. So just very cleverly next week, part two. Yeah, yeah. So much to say, and I can't wait to get to all the details here. But I, I think we just absolutely should get right to our callers and uh, waiting patiently with a fur friend is Paul. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, John, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. And uh, who's your friend? Uh, this is the scone. Um, he's he's oh. our cat who just showed up one day and hung out. And now we, uh, he, he manages on his own, though. He goes out for his own food. So he just nice. hopped up here right now. Oh, that it, he's big. That is he's a... much bigger when he's close to the camera. Ooh, he's working. Wow. <laughs> Very cute. Now, uh, uh, organic or synthetic cat? Uh, uh, totally, totally organic. Uh, okay. He survives on mice, so he's, oh. who knows what else he's eating out there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't know. Spot two might be able to survive on mice, but maybe synthetic mice. We'd have to ask. Yeah. Find out. Yes. <laughs> so, so, what's on your mind tonight, Paul? Well, first of all, it's absolutely funny to watch Rika react off screen while. <laughs> while John is reading, that that's priceless. It's worth the call in right there. <laughs> I just like I was cracking up watching her. Um, so uh, first of all, I got to say the show is sort of uh, just rekindled Star Trek and me with that um, Discovery couldn't. But early on, uh, the whole thing about being made in pairs to me became sort of obvious, as I'm sure was a lot of people. This Lord Data thing. Did you, is that what you got out of that? Is that what that was for? Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, definitely it, it justifies Laura and Data having been a pair. Uh, although, where, where does B4, did, and did B4 have another brother? Yeah, the, the whole pair thing sort of threw me for a loop. Um, and it sort of emailed you about that, and, and you yeah. found it in, intriguing. Um, but, you know, going forward, this last episode, I, it just sprung in my head. What happens if... Uh, let's say you have the hollow uh, Rios there. And what if one of those guys decides to take over a synth? Are they considered AI? Um, are, and why then shouldn't we consider AI any different than these synths? You know, these these sort of hollow beings. They're gonna they they live out there. They just don't know how to turn themselves on. Right. <laughs> right. right. Technology there, John. What's what do, what, do you know? Well, yeah, I mean, see, I thought that was one of the most interesting things that got followed in Voyager was whether or not the doctor was a being. And, yeah. you know, the whole pretense there is, okay, you have to leave him on all the time because the, the real doctor gets killed. So this hologram that's meant only for short-term specific use, when you turn that on and that computer that's running it is constantly sending and receiving data, does it evolve? Does it grow beyond its programming? And then they had the pretense of the, the hollow emitter so he could go anywhere. He wasn't just limited to uh, sickbay. 
over the seven years of that show, I thought they built a really good case for the doctor being a being. I'm so tempted to text him right now and just be like, were you a being or you not? You should. You should. <laughs> Ask Bob. <laughs> Find out. Um, so let's let's switch it around then. Let's say um, the synth gets on the ship and says, well, you know, here's all these hollow beings. Mm-hmm. Why can't the synth then download themselves to be around forever and be a nemesis constantly? You turn on the ship and, oh, there's a synth there bothering you. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's a, a perfect question. I, I, well, and, you know, Soji has obviously already been on the ship and she's already been exposed to the hologram. She knows that they exist, presumably kind of how they work. So this is not a mystery to her. Um, I, I wonder if in sort of the hierarchy of uh, intelligences or beingness, do the synths see themselves as more advanced? Do they do they see the uh, hollow beings as simply a tool that can be switched on and off? And I wonder if that's partly how the humans see this. It's like, well, that's controllable. I can tell it to go away. If we cut power to the ship, they cease to exist at that point. But well, the androids are a bit more autonomous. Isn't that the same thought, though, why we created synthetics? You know, even though they're we we thought we could turn them off, too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So let's well, bring the expert in. Uh, Reka, uh, you were you were one of many. Um, <laughs> were you made in pairs? We were not made in pairs. There was no pairing involved. I mean, we were all just the one, but you, you could have copies. But as the, as one of the final fives, we, we didn't have we had no copies which was really a bum deal. I guess we knew it was so much of a bum deal that we made the rest of them with copies. Ah, okay. Good point. Good point. Our children. Um, Little Trisha. Do do either of you put any stock into this idea that, that Dr. Alton is not who he says? I I really don't know. Um, okay. I've been so enamored with this show. And when he showed up, I'm like, well, which song is he? And yeah. it's just priceless. And I prefer not even to think about it. I just let it happen and then sort of think about it, you know, later. And then what always comes back to me is these writers. You know, ever since the Deep States Nine um, documentary, I wonder <laughs> what those writers' rooms were like, right? Sure. You, you watch, sure. watch that in the DS9 documentaries, people just throwing these ideas out there. And and my wife and I, Michelle, we, we just sit there and go, wow, how crazy must that writer's room have been for this series? Um, I'm just, yes. I'm so excited and glad that it's happened and I'm looking forward to more. And uh, God right. bless John Luke Picard and hope his health holds up because he's, he looks frail in the show. He's I know he's not that frail in person, but it just makes us all feel a little older, but oh, thank God it's just been such a huge lift in this time of uh, whatever we are going on here yeah. so um and you guys too um this this oh. this hour together and uh, reka welcome to I, I don't know how much longer you're with us um but great addition and always lovely to uh to watch you guys and hey, i'm actually participating so um i'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you guys move on to the next one and uh, thanks. I, I feel the same way. I was so looking forward to this day, like for days now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Monday's going to be awesome. Yay. 
Paul, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to see you whenever we can. Please give my best to Michelle and uh, let's do this again, okay? Will do, sir. Thank you. All right, man. Take oh, care. Live long and prosper, all right? Hey, uh, let's hop over to Karen. Karen, welcome to the show. Hey, Karen. Hi, how are you all? We're doing all right. How are you? Hi, yeah. Well, pretty good overall, considering. Yes, <laughs> yes. I thought I would mention just because Paul brought up Pat Stewart and what a joy he's been in this time. Um, another thing he's doing I just love is he's doing a sonnet every day on Instagram. That's just awesome. I yes. Love it. Yes. I, yes. I think that is one of my favorite things. Um, that and uh, Neil Diamond doing his uh, new version of Sweet Caroline, you know, hands don't what? touch my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And yeah. then uh, Michael Shaban is d- reading a bedtime story every night. Who is oh. choosing a piece? Uh, Michael Shaban, oh, um, okay. a writer for Picard. Yeah. He is He's reading runner, one of yeah. his children's favorite bedtime stories. He said he missed reading bedtime stories to children. So he's doing one of those every day on Instagram. And they're, oh, he just makes me laugh. He's so good. That is so awesome. So a couple other Star Trek can, uh, you know, adjacent things. Yeah. Oh, I did have a thought about this week's show. And I was thinking about Ruck. You remember Ruck from What Are Little Girls Made Of? How can you forget? Uh, Ted Cassidy lurks himself, uh, looking huge and imposing. Uh, Right. And he he, uh, talks about the old ones, and they found him there tending machinery. Um, And he actually talks about being more sophisticated than even the Dr. Brown android or Andrea. And sophistication of the androids seemed to be this threshold that's talked about in the admonition. Mm-hmm. It's like they reach some kind of threshold and it, it apparently is some kind of sophistication level. Right. And his, you know, out of all, you know, there were tons of Android episodes, of course, but theirs was the one that they were given wants and desires and the old ones began turning them off because they had evolved too far. And Ruck actually says in that episode when Kirk is goading him and he says, that's it, existence, survival must preempt or whatever he says, uh, uh, programming, because they were programmed not to harm. But I was like, what if these this federation of synths that's out there waiting to come is related to these old ones since and androids. Uh, I don't I'm, know. I just, yeah. I was just like, they, they just kind of fit because they're, you know, all about destroying organic life and bringing K, you know, they want P and even, even uh, Roger in that episode became enamored once he became an Android of eliminating all of the, the dis the discord and the bad things and mm-hmm. so i don't know to me i'm wondering is this related somehow to them 
So uh, I think what you're heading on is uh, thematically, absolutely. Whether they tie it back specifically to that, I, I'd be very curious to see. But I, something that's so cool to me is that there are a lot of places in Star Trek where we've dealt with this problem of manufactured intelligence superseding what humanity can do and how do we deal with that so yeah you you've got what are little girls made of you've got nomad in the changeling you've got v'ger coming back well you know we, i always thought about nomad we never did know what he ran into that changed his programming to purify from soil samples to life and i'm like right you know he could have what if all of these androids you know if you had a coalition of them that went off to be safe because they could because they Mm -hmm. could go further than you know the organics were going and I thought well Nomad too we never knew who he ran into what if it was also like you know Rux people Nomad what if they're all like if there's a, a way back here off in the universe there is these people are related to all these disparate stories that we've had throughout Star Trek and uh-huh. never really had an origin for. What if they're the same thing? And, and what and if what they're... About, uh, what about Mud's androids in, in iMud? It's so funny, David in the chat says, oh, wow, exclamation point, Karen is really onto something here. I totally forgot about that line from Ruck. There's a hidden crossover there. So you're definitely hitting something here with uh, uh, with the audience. And and I, I just I have to share this for everybody. And I know that there are others hanging on here, uh, but th- this is great. So before the show, when Earl and I kind of uh, passed notes back and forth and we're figuring out uh, how the show's going to come together, he sent me this great email and uh, I want to read it to everybody. It's just so perfect. Just to make sure I give full credit where it's due here to uh, the, the inimitable Earl Green, our technical director, He said, by the way, looking over the notes, first time I watched this, I noticed that the costuming on the synthetics was very Bill Tice, William Ware Tice, Mm -hmm. who did the uh, costumes for the original series and then into the first season of Next Gen. Then after watching it a second time, I went back and looked at some TOS. They deliberately riffed on the costumes for Reyna, so Requiem for Methuselah, the mud androids, especially the women from iMud, and Andrea from What Are Little Girls Made Of, almost like they're suggesting that all of the artificial life we've seen in Trek, whether it was invented by Dr. Corby or Flint or Soong, is part of a continuum. Huh. And I can't, and here's my favorite note that he said, I can't decide if that's retcon overreach or if it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so thank you, Earl, who I know is listening, but staying silent right now as he makes the magic of the show happen. Um, but yeah, that, that plays exactly into what you're talking about, Karen. And it might be the subtle, not so subtle nod of at least giving some thematic tie to all of that. Now, whether right. they, you know, hit it right on the head and say, yes, these are all connected specifically, don't know. But I love the idea that they're dropping these cues to us. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe it's not that, but I was just like, I don't know. Siobhan is a big TOS fan. Yes. Big, big TOS fan. 
And everybody's always, I mean, I can't, for years now, we're all like, oh man, there's a lot of androids all the way through, you know, it, it just, because there are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so And, and they're yeah. usually problematic. Like until we got yeah. data, those androids were usually problematic. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyhow, that, that was, uh, and then also I'd just be really interested to know who you think will end up in that golem. I know. So, well, what did you think? And what did you think, Reka, after that? What, what did yeah, you Rebecca, think, Karen? what do you think? Well, I don't know. I seriously don't know, but I don't, I'm not sure that it's going to be soon. No, you, I, you don't think it'll be soon? Because soon's the one who presented I am it. not sure. I okay. think it's meant for him. It's his little lifeboat. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Agnes, I don't know. I think she stayed behind for a reason. Mm. And she's old. I don't know. Anyhow, I wonder okay. what you guys thought because I don't know, and I'm I really am like fifty fifty on if he's going to make it into there because I kind of don't think he's gonna. Right. I, I, I'm in the same boat, honestly. I I really don't know. I have no theories going. I'm I found the whole ending very thrilling because of the I don't know because I'm like what what, what? I've like so many questions about every single person. And you feel like you can't trust anybody. It's sort of like our current state of affairs. Like, you know, like <laughs> things are crazy and you don't know who you can trust. Yeah. And who actually killed uh, what's her bucket with the bird thing in the eye? Yeah. You know, was it was it uh, Sutra or was it Narek? Or did Narek get set up by Sutra? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Although, I mean, okay. they, they did tease that uh, with Narek noticing yeah. the, uh, the the brooch. But that but could have been a purposeful misdirect, it, too. Exactly. exactly. And because I don't think you could kill an android with a little bitty bird beak, but Sutra would know how to do that to make it look like Narek, but do exactly. something else. She's like, how would he even know, like, oh, wait, did that, like, then that also begged the question of, like, is that how you kill them in just that right. one one eye? Uh, <laughs> you know, right. and it has that information and, like... Well, yeah. eyes are very big in this show. They eyes are. are all over the place. They're in the credits. There's the eye, the eye. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. So. Yep. Yeah. Man, yeah, that, that's because you would think... That if an, an android, you know, the positronic brain is really all you need. So just going into an eye, like, so what? You get a new eye. Well, I'm not, I don't, he's, yeah. he's, he's a, not a good guy, but I'm not sure that he killed her. I, I, I think you're honestly, what we're saying here is this is a lot to wrap up in one. Yeah, episode. yeah, it is. It is. But, uh, <laughs> I don't sure it's engaging. Wait, what did you say, Rekha? I just said, I don't understand how they're going to do it. And I, I, I I wonder if, in fact, you know, that it's going to be a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the season, really, just then mm. they're not going to wrap up a bunch of things. And we're just going to have to wait until the next season to find out. Interesting. I got to wonder. Well, I'll let you go. Hey, I'm taking up a bunch of time. So, well, Karen, come back next week. OK, we'll see you then. Pretty excited. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right, waiting patiently. Always a pleasure to see him. It's the Vice Admiral joining hey. us tonight. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, the usual. Well, the usual for today, of course, which is working from home, trying to stay sane. How about you? Uh, same and Both. probably same if I speak for you, Reka. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we're all in the same boat these days. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Wait, hey, before we get going, what what does it say on your shirt? Wait, you got to speak so we can. My life is a very complicated drinking game. Uh, <laughs> silly. Especially at the moment, that seems more appropriate than usual. <laughs> Very nice. I love uh, it. And then luckily, in most states that have uh, closures, liquor stores are considered essential. So What? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Except what? Pennsylvania for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why that was. Interesting. Wow. But, yeah. Hmm. Luckily, Ohio so far. Anyway. Yeah, talk to us. So you remember last week we talked about how the message is probably not, in fact, for organics, and that turned out to be true. Boom. You were dead on, yes. Uh, It wasn't just me. It was a lot of folks on the Internet, of course. But I I think that we're still seeing a misinterpretation of it, though. I think that there is no way a civilization that's been around this long and is able to do what these folks have done is going to be out there to just say, hey, let's commit some genocide. Why not? Hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I did have down in my notes along those lines is like, it, you know, <laughs> the whole thing feels like the coronavirus constantly <laughs> run for our lives and who can you trust, as I was saying earlier. But also this admonition, this message, everybody's response is the same, which is like somebody has to kill somebody else instead of, hey, let's save everyone. Yeah, let's all get along or at least try to, right? All stay two meters apart from each other or six feet. <laughs> Not in the metric system in the United States. <laughs> six parsecs, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, let's all work as a team. Let's not be on the beach killing each other. Yeah. Anyway. And, and um, a thing, a thing that. Go ahead. Sorry. What I kind of loved is that the uh, the synths response is just as shitty as the humans. Like, they're not actually any better than, than the organics. Hey, no, it, you, you bring up a really interesting idea here. So obviously Picard is the one who is advocating for we can work together. We, we can all try to figure this out, which is exactly what he should be doing, which is exactly uh, the voice of Star Trek, as far as I'm concerned. When you were just talking about that, uh, about this AI civilization, or as they said, a federation of AI who are so advanced that they could show up across galaxies in an instant. No, uh, you know, in an instant, they could um, wipe out other species, sort of at their whim. Uh, so they have this incredibly advanced technology. Um, there is this theory, sort of based around the Drake equation, that tries to posit how much intelligent life there is in the universe that uh, you have to temper that with the idea that civilizations might get so advanced that they would wipe themselves out before mm. they would ever become that right. threat or we, before we would ever know about them. So I, I really have to wonder that this is a, a, a great sort of intellectual exercise to sort of wrap our heads around, which is, can you have an intelligence so advanced as this supposed AI that would be able to survive without having either blown itself up or wiped out everything else and every resource around it and in effect wiping itself out. Uh, You would think that something that advanced would not turn to genocide as the way to protect itself. You would also hope that something that advanced would not have wrecked itself 
in the course of its evolution. So I, I don't know what we're going to get here. And, and maybe there, uh, hopefully there, there is something within this that, that isn't as um, doom and gloom as we've been led to believe. I don't know. I hope you're right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. And one of the pieces of evidence that I would point to is that, you know, I've, people have been seeing all the images of things like data and the attack on Mars and stuff in the vision, in the admonition, and saying, well, uh, that's just, you know, they're reusing footage. No, what if that message keeps constantly getting updated and these folks have been monitoring everything the yes. whole time? So they yes. don't need to be called. They just want to see what happens and they want to see who does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered about that, too. Yeah. And hey, what are the Q doing during all of this? Well, you let's know? hope they're all hanging out somewhere very far away. <laughs> they can be anywhere all the time. They're omnipotent. They can do whatever they want. They can just show up and say, like, hey, we're going to snap our fingers. And well, I'm uh, sure there's not one living in a cabin on Infinity Lake. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> With a puppy, probably. <laughs> yeah. They got cute puppies. Hey, uh, thanks so much for calling in, man. Yeah. I, no, hey, as always, great to talk to you, too. Stay safe, and I'll uh, get out of the way of other folks here. All right, man. Excellent. Take yeah. care. Have a great night. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Uh, hey, we have Jason, who just got back. He just stepped away. Now he's back. Perfect timing. So welcome to the show, Jason. Yeah, thank you. Greetings from Japan. Amazing. Yeah, right on. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. Where in Japan are you? Uh, in Nagano, right in the center. Fantastic. And uh, how long have you been there, by the way? 15 years now, 15 and a half. Right on. So it's home. Yeah, I've been here a long time. Yeah, it's home for sure. Excellent. Yep, yep, yep. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for, for chiming in. I guess it's morning there. Uh, right afternoon, not quite noon. Oh, okay, not quite noon. Hey, and you have a visitor, you have a guest. Yes, this is my eldest. He's Hi. having fun making faces at everybody around the world. You do know that you're online, kid. Everybody's seeing you. <laughs> and it will be recorded and it will continue to be online later. Yes. Oh, this is going to be great. Yay! You're famous. Yay. <laughs> that, that and Earl's cats are going on the highlight reel. That is the entirety of the highlight reel right there. So. And I got another one, too. Um, hey, hello to both of you. But they, they actually do watch Picard with me. So I know you guys have been talking about how scared you are about if it's accessible. They watch it with me. But well, usually what, a lot of questions about it afterwards. But Yeah, do, what, do, what do you guys all think? How, how are you liking Picard? How do you like Picard? Funny. It's funny. And how do you like Picard? It's funny. Yes. Yeah? It's not, yeah? It's not terrifying. You're not having nightmares. Are you scared of Picard? You're scared of Picard. Are you scared oh. of Picard? One is, one isn't. So you got a 50-50 split. Okay. okay. Very what's, good. The, what's the age of the one who isn't? Scared. Uh, twelve and nine. Right. Twelve and nine. Between nine and twelve is the the, the demarcation line, possibly. Yeah. Uh, well, one of them is actually really scared of the Borg. He refuses to watch any Borg episodes, so really? that's been part of it. But I, I wonder with this, with with Picard learning the humanity of the Borg and having some sympathy for the Borg. I wonder if that, that might uh, change that a little bit. That's what I've been hoping for. That's what I've been hoping for. But he's still scared of the Borg, so he, won't, he refuses to watch Best of Both Worlds. I'm yeah. working on it. 
<laughs> that is so cool. I'm so glad that they joined us tonight. What uh, What is on your mind tonight as we talk about our, our penultimate Picard? All right. Can I step back from the penultimate to just the series? Is that okay? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I have a Superman issue with Picard. Hmm. Talk to us. Okay. All right. Superman, of course, is the ultimate hero. And he is very boring to write for because he is Superman. TNG, Picard was the ultimate captain. Mm-hmm. And he was difficult to write for during the series, I would I guess you would say, because he was always did what's right, always going on. And I'm finding as I'm watching Picard, I love Patrick Stewart as an actor. I love seeing him age and Picard who has failed and trying to regain. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I'm as happy with Admiral John Luke Picard because he's not as the perfect captain anymore. Because huh. okay. I like Superman. I yeah. like Superman a lot. I like having that perfect character to aspire to. Yeah. And I'm kind of a little disappointed that Admiral Picard is not as mm, wonderful as Captain Picard. Mm. What do you guys think? Do, do you have something, Rika? Because I, 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 I just, I, I would, I would kind of pose that back as a question. I mean, um, do you, do you think that what we're seeing in Picard though uh, is a failing of him or is it a failing of what's around him because my I I think the way that I've started to look at this show is is that he he tried he stuck to his principles um the situation around him crumbled and the biggest fault is that he was so principled that he stepped away that's where I think he failed Okay. Okay. Um, He, this is the man who, you know, he did tell Data, you can do everything right and still lose. And that I can accept. But he's also the one who, as you constantly say, when you do diplomacy and it doesn't work, you talk again. And when that doesn't work, you talk again. And the idea that it's not even the, okay, here's my principles and I'm going to step back from Starfleet because I disagree. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he abandoned his. He abandoned Raffi. He abandoned the Romulans. He abandoned uh, Eleanor, our favorite space elf. Um, <laughs> he he isolated himself. He didn't just lose. He yeah. chose to fail. And is, is it a situation where that? The, that outside failure was so profound that it could knock a hero like that down. I mean, I I, I really hear what you're saying, and I, I, I get it, because I, I want my heroes to be heroic. Mm-hmm. I also want them to be relatable. Yeah. Um, and so I ask myself, like, could I... could I achieve something but then have been so beaten down by it that I, uh, that I abandon... Yeah. Well, like I said, my values, you know, that's where I feel like I have a Superman problem with it. On one hand, I'm enjoying the drama. I'm enjoying the Picard seeing his failure and coming back to it. 
and trying to make right what once went wrong. Yeah. Different, different uh, sci-fi series, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, every hero and, has a redemption story. Right, mostly, right, right. You know, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, there is, like I said, I, I admit Superman is boring dramatically, but I like having that idea, that yeah. perfect, that perfect thing to sit there and look at. And as someone who TNG was my, you know, he's back. <laughs> uh, TNG was my, my Trek and Picard was my captain. Yeah. I'm finding myself with mixed feelings about towards the end of the series. I, th- this is a great yeah, thing to that. talk about. And I, I think this is actually, you know, we're going to do the two wrap-up shows. So after this season is done, I, I would love to probably continue this conversation there mm. as well. Um, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about Superman giving up his powers and stepping away from his responsibility to save people because, hey, uh, he's he's got a girlfriend now. And then I think about Superman uh, getting drunk and beating himself up in Superman 3, unless we just don't talk about Superman 3. Please, let's not talk about Superman Okay, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) But it's got Robert Vaughn and Richard Pryor. True, true, true. Okay, good point, good point there. Um, This is, yeah, this is, uh, honestly, this is the kind of conversation I'd love to have, like, Michael Chabon on, or Mm -hmm. one of the writers to talk about how do you, how do you take this hero character you have to give that character a dramatic arc. You have to give them a reason for what they're doing and keep them grounded and interesting and introduce conflict and do all these things that we have to do dramatically, but without losing something within that character that that you specifically here really um, see as aspirational and Mm -hmm. see as heroic. Yeah. Well, I guess going into the final episode, just feeling really conflicted about it and, yeah. I need to see where it goes, but yeah, that, that was my two, two yen, because I'm in Japan instead of two cents. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful uh, comment. It's a, it's a great thing to be able to kind of wrap our heads around as we see where this goes. I really appreciate that. And please, please do uh, call back, all right? Yeah, if I can give it a chance. And may I do one small thing real quick? Oh, absolutely. Oh, Whatever okay. you want. Reka, really big fanboy moment. I loved you on disco. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but it, I want to speak to your question just for two seconds before you go. Please, please, please. My two yens. Um, I, 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 I totally hear what both of you are saying, and I love both of your points. Um, and I would love to be part of that conversation with, uh, with the writers, too. But I, I think this, I want to take this a step deeper to... It's, you know, not just the difficulties of telling a dramatic story, but actually the difficulties of being a human being and the, the strive, the striving for ideals and perfection that we all have. And I, uh, as a person who's an Aquarian, like I, it's in my bones to be so idealistic and, and want a utopian society. It's why I became such a huge Trek fan when I was a little girl in elementary school, because I long for that. And yet, like a lot of my work, I think in my, in my life in general is to be able to like come to terms with, with my humanity and my small mindedness and my pettiness. And, and, you know, cause I, 
a lot of us who want that ideal life tend to sort of float a little bit above. And, and it's wonderful because we're the dreamers of society and we can imagine life that's better. But we still need to be like, I don't know how to say it, but like we're in bodies and it's dirty and it's messy and, and we have a lot of feelings that don't make any sense. And I, and I, I don't want to live in truly in an ideal state because I think it's a little bit out of touch with reality. And I think to stand in the middle with all of our ideals and our hearts and all of the visions that we have for a wonderful life to stand with that and still go, yeah, but oh my God, like I'm so annoyed by that person. And even though I'm so annoyed by that person in this moment, because they're doing something I don't like, I'm not going to float above it. I'm going to stay in it and still choose to do the right thing. Have I said too much? Do you guys <laughs> No, I follow you. I follow you. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, so I like it. I like that it's messy because I think, well, that's just what we're dealing with. And my God, we're in such a mess right now. Yeah. This is definitely true. Well, well said, both of you. And I I want to continue this conversation, but we have a couple more callers. We're going to try to get into uh, uh, before we have to wrap it up in a few minutes. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for laying me on. All right. And my sons, too. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you to them as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Good luck and prosper. Uh, Let's head over to, I believe we have Ryan next. No, no. uh, Adam is next. Adam. Hello. You guys hear me? Yes, we can. How are you, Adam? Good. How are you? Hello from the Motor City. And uh, first off, a tip of the hat to um, uh, the Guru Earl for walking me through all my technical challenges, getting connected. So He uh, is a guru, for real. He is. A listener from the very beginning, first-time caller. Um, I actually want to get a little hypothetical and look into season two. And Mm -hmm. I I had a a, a hypothesis here. We know that Patrick Stewart has said he wants to get the rest of the Enterprise Bridge crew onto the show. If memory serves, we have yet to see a Federation starship from this era, from the 2390s. So what are the odds that we might get a little flyby of the Enterprise F in order to get another crew member into the show for next season? Oh, see, I would love that. Like you you got a little teaser at the end, like they did at the end of uh, season one of Disco. Exactly. Look, it's the Enterprise. Yeah. So that could be cool. Yeah, there's a lot of people, obviously, we haven't seen. Right. Uh, Worf and Beverly and uh, Wesley and uh, uh, Jordy. And yeah, I mean, there's so many that we could be reunited with. I I like where you see if you were a writer on this show, I'd be like, yes. Years years ago, years ago, a friend and I submitted a spec strip to Deep Space Nine, which uh, turned out to be scarily similar to Bada Boom, Bada Bing. But. <laughs> no bitterness. I have. They actually sent back the original script unopened because it was probably too late in the in the uh, in the series run. But oh wow, okay, yeah. Cool. So, cool, but uh, very much enjoying this and enjoying all the commentary. And you know, it'll be a little sad when Picard ends. I guess we'll have to wait for Discovery to start up. And uh, so, fingers crossed. Yeah. Maybe a couple of. Sh- I, we haven't heard about any short treks in between Picard and Discovery, have we? We haven't, but I mean, just think about it. We got Discovery, and then you've got uh, Lower Decks uh, starting up. So a lot, a lot of new stuff coming. You know, yeah. that's that's exciting. 
So, well, appreciate the chance to uh, launch my hypothesis. We'll see how right I am. And, I love uh, it. Best of luck with the rest of the uh, broadcast. I hope you call back next week and say, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, Adam. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, now it looks like we got Brian. Hey, BC, what's up? Oh, what are you doing? Didn't expect doing okay. that I was going to make it or not. I know you've seen enough of, enough of me this week. You really don't. No, it's good to see you as always. I'm glad you joined us for the Patreon. Chat I was, I was, today. I was, I was slightly distracted on the last one. Who did Adam suggest come back for the next episode? Oh, it, not a specific person. Just that you have. Will we get teased with like a flyby, and then you could introduce really anybody? Oh, okay. You, you got to have Jordy. You could have Wesley. You know, whomever. Yeah. But, well, I, I yeah, I didn't have much to add. I was just um. I, I tuned in late, so I didn't know what I'd missed. But um, I was noticing, since this seems to be the ultimate soon family reunion, this series, where we're seeing just about <laughs> every living or synthetic uh, um, relative of Data's, which is, which yeah. can be kind of a – it's baked into his character since day one, right? Because Lore was there from day one. And so it's just kind of like – Oh, no surprise revelation of Data's family. It's like, well, now he's got this whole colony of people. And, oh, well, look, his half-brother. What are you, he's not an evil twin brother. He's a twin brother. Um, could, could you imagine if this was your life? Like, every five years, it's like, oh, here's another family member I didn't know about. Oh, here's you know. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's really weird. Um, gone wrong. Yeah, right? (laughs) But the thing that uh, sprang to my mind, and maybe stop me if somebody already mentioned this, but uh, the one person who I like to see turn up is Data's mom. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Data's mom, uh, of course, you know, they put her consciousness into an android. The the name of the episode is escaping me, but yes. Inheritance. Inheritance. Juliana Tainer was the character's name. Uh, Feel Nula Flanagan who I love as an actress. And that's kind of like, I'd love to see her again. Unfortunately, she's like in her late seventies. I don't know if they would have bagged her as a potential guest star, but it seems like if everyone else is there, someone might summon her to, uh, to the planet and uh, have her partake in it. So that was my crazy random prediction for what's going to happen in the next episode. That's not going to happen in the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never know. They're just going to keep introducing new family members, new characters. We still don't know who's going into that golem or, uh, or or what happened with that before. So that's the same concept, right? Yeah. Consciousness into, into a joy. Again, that's a, that's what she was. And so yeah. that's it went ding. It's like, oh my God, what happened to her? She she's probably still around, but yeah. I don't know. So uh that's all I had. You've got sixty seconds left, so I'll uh... <laughs> Well we, we we might go a minute longer because I know that we've got Dominic hanging on. So oh. uh Brian, thank you go so much. All right. Well, see you next time. Take it easy, man. Be good. Bye bye. So uh wrapping up the show tonight, we got Dominic. How you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. Excellent. What's on your can mind you tonight? Me? Yes, we can. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, don't mean to be insensitive, but I am grateful for the time off. I finally make it through an episode of Mission Log Live live. <laughs> well, that is, uh, I mean, I, I wish the circumstances were better, but um, uh, I'm glad to have new people join us, and I'm glad you can catch us live. So a pleasure to have you here. I always listen to when I get off work. I work at a bar, so I have time off now, but I always listen to it once I get off work and I'm riding home. 
Uh, I just, I really have enjoyed this this episode, and I like how we're talking a lot about humanity. Uh, I really liked when Picard said uh, the difference between killing or attacking an enemy or watching a wounded one die. Like, his wisdom is always there. Yeah. And I really like, um, just, you know, I mean, I love so many things about Star Trek. Uh, Reiko was talking about idealism, and uh, I really enjoy that, like, the anti-ageism, like the Star Trek movies, and yes. now with Picard, you know, uh, he's an older person, and he's always there with his wisdom and, and experience when it's needed. And in fact, when he was like, you know, I could be ticked off if you don't treat me with dignity, you yeah. know, when he made that announcement, I just think it just gets better and better. I'm trying to talk fast, but... <laughs> it's okay. Dominic, I'm loving it. Loving it. you love it when she says they're just lines, but they imply so much more grief and germ. Yeah. Oh. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that got me too. <laughs> Yeah. It, it did make me think about those scenes in Logan's Run, though, where we, we have uh, Peter Ustinov in a, a, at the very end. Oh, see, I don't want to spoil it, but it came out in 1976. Come on. They end up back at the City of the Domes, and all the young people are escaping from the city, and there's the old man, the first old man they've ever seen, and the young woman goes up to touch his face because they've never seen lines in it. Oh, Logan's Run, people. Oh, I love that, too. After he does the catch bit. <laughs> I not watch that movie. I don't know if I've actually ever seen it. It's so Logan's cool. Run is awesome. The classic. Yeah. This week. Yeah, you got time. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Logan's Run, THX 1138. Mm-hmm. A lot of classics. Great movies that are kind of relatable to now. Yes. Yeah, right? Very much so. Uh, what else, Dominic? Anything before we wrap it up and say goodnight? No, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me close out. Happy to be here. Well, please call back. Look forward to it, okay? Yes, thank you. Take care. Well, Reka, here we are at the end again. It flew by. So many people with so many great comments. Yeah. (laughs) So I tell you what, if you want to tell people uh, where they can find the rest of the RPN shows, and and then we'll say goodnight. Okay, I can do that. Um, Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for joining Mission Log Live and um, the other shows that will help you get through this crazy, another crazy week um, is the Priority One podcast, which is a magazine-style show featuring all the happenings in the Star Trek multiverse. So you can join them for their live show on Tuesday nights at 5 Pacific and 8 Eastern. Women at Warp, love these ladies. A look at Star Trek, Star Trek through, I can't even talk, <laughs> Star Trek through a feminist lens. The Trek Files, your weekly deep dive into the Roddenberry archive with Dr. Drek. Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. <laughs> this is my favorite promo ever. <laughs> Daily Star Trek news. It is just like it sounds. It's your dose of daily Star Trek. All the news that fits in about just 10 minutes. And finally, oh my God, finally, a science show that entertains as well as entertains. I feel like like, um, (laughs) Catherine O'Hara in (laughs) where she can't talk. She's 
commercial. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. Anyway, that science show that I just mentioned that entertains as well as it educates is called Shabam. 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 Give him a listen. You can subscribe to all of them. <laughs> Take it away. Podcast.roddenberry.com. Do it. Yeah. All right. Now that we're through that, we'll sign it off by saying that Mission Log is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry, technical production on Mission Log Live by the incredible Earl Green. If you would like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you to everyone. Sincerely, thank you to everyone who was able to join us tonight live or is joining us later. Please, again, stay safe, stay healthy, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.